Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome everybody. Uh, it is it is uh, Monday, uh, January nineteenth, eighteenth. It's the eighteenth. It's Dr. Martin Luther King Day, and um, we're so excited. Uh, this is our third session. Katie is here with me. She's uh, traveling right now. She is in route, so we're going to make sure she also stays safe. Um, but this is this is our third session of our Win Every Day Mastermind Study Group, and so uh, hopefully a lot of you are out there. Um, just, just, just enjoying some time with family, right? Or maybe you got to go to a, a virtual celebration of Dr. King's life, or maybe some of you actually got to go to some sort of actual physical celebration of Dr. King's life. And that's, that would be incredible. I sent out a uh, podcast that I had done on Dr. King a few years ago and, um, our, our raising our, our Monday's raising morale message, uh, was all about Dr. King on how he taught us to listen, listen before we attempt to lead. So, um, uh, so, so this is going to be a great uh, session, and I'm going to try to refer as much as uh, possible to, to what I've learned from uh, Dr. King as part of this uh, session. So um, this is our third one. So just to kind of recap from the last, the last time we met, you know, we, we left off you know, talking about uh, pursuing mastery. And but a big part of that, you know, pursuing mastery is having an understanding of your of your vision, right? What is it that you want your vision to be uh, in order to to gain mastery? Okay, what is it that you want your vision uh, to be to gain mastery? And so, uh, part of when I was you know studying yesterday and uh, preparing for this meeting for this time. Uh, I was also, um, you know, studying Dr. King and and uh, listening to his "I Have a Dream" speech while I was in my garage, and my son and his, you know, best friend were uh, playing, and I had to listen to that six-minute segment probably four or five times and just try to think about, wow, like, listen to how he paints the picture, right? He paints a compelling future. His he didn't say I have a plan, right? He said I have a dream. And so he did such an incredible job of painting this, you know, compelling picture that we're nowhere near, you know, but we're much, you know, closer now, you know, um, 50 years ago, maybe some days more than others. Uh, but I just, you know, I thought about it. I was like, wow, I mean, that's a leader's job is to paint the picture of the future, right? To paint that compelling picture. And most importantly, be able to paint every participant in there. So back in your study guide book, um, you know, I challenged you to do so. And I looked, I looked at the one that I wrote for, for me and, and my company. And I was like, oh, gosh, it's, it's nowhere near as compelling as what, you know, Dr. King did, um, you know, for that. So I would encourage you to continue to work on being able to communicate your vision and getting clarity around your vision uh, and, and work on that talk. And every time that you get a chance, Every time you get a chance to communicate that vision, do so, right? It could be in a 30-second piece. It could be in a picture, you know. It could be in lots of different ways. But that is a really, really important step to leadership um, because where there is no vision, uh, people perish. And when there's no faith in the future, there's certainly no power in the present. So that's pretty much the whole week. If you're part of our daily email list, uh, there's probably three or four messages that came out this, just this week about vision casting. So and that you know ties us right into the next part of the book, right? So 
Mark Miller uh, begins and, you know, welcome everybody. I see Robin's there and Sean's there and, you know, Trisha and Katie. Thanks for hopping on live. I know this is a holiday. And, and so, you know, thanks so much for, you know, putting it in time. So I'm up on, um, I don't know why the page numbers didn't come out on all these study guide pages, but I believe it's at page five, right? So we're at the top of own the numbers. We're about halfway through the book, about page 60 or 61. And, you know, so this is where um, the CEO of the company begins to take a walk around the company, right? He's taking a walk around to, to just check in with individuals. And so um, it's called reality check, right? And, and this is a really important piece. And if you listen to uh, the Dr. King uh, podcast that I put out, uh, there's this one part where I talk about leading by walking around, okay? And a big part of your job as a leader is leading by walking around and being like unbelievably curious about what's going on. Curious in a, in a positive way, not, you know, curious in a, um, a constantly, I won't say evaluative because you are evaluating, right? Um, but just curious in a how things are happening, how's they're working, how can we make it better? Um, there's just so many components of this um, that you that you need to be uh, focused on, right? So the only way to be able, in my opinion, to have a really good reality check and to have to be able to own numbers is to be able to fully understand to fully understand what it is you want it to look like. <laughs> so if I don't have clear vision, I can't ask questions about, hey, tell me more about, you know, this lesson plan, right? Or, you know, tell me how, you know, how come the kids are lined up this way? Or, um, and one example is really simple. I was, I was walking around the charter school that I'm part of the administrative team with right now in a, um, you know, um, you know, consultant, you know, fashion. And I'm the finance director and UC director, but kids were transitioning. I was like, oh, well, you know, let me just take a, let me just watch. Let me see what's going on. And you could tell that, you know, students, like, as they're, you know, transitioning through, they were not really lining up at the doors. I caught a couple of them, you know, going down the stairwell that they should be going up in. I actually thought I was in the wrong stairwell. And so, you know, one of the students said, she said, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. No one ever told me before. Thank you. And I just looked at it and I said, okay, awesome. Turn around and let's just walk up. So I just kept getting really curious and really curious. And I happened to ask the high school principal, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. When kids came into the building, you know, we did all this work. We got all these arrows everywhere and all these things on the ground. Did, uh, how much training did we do? Did we actually like practice? Did we show them which way to walk? Like, and he just kind of looked and said, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And it reminded me, right, when, and the, the owner of the, or the, you know, CEO's name is escaping me right now, but he was asking that, um, like, all those, you know, folks, right, in that reality check, and, 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 you know, asking them, um, oh, Blake is going to and, 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 like, asking them, well, you know, like, how are our numbers, or how are this, and they're like, oh, I've got, you know, 14 vacation days, or I got this, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that was me the other day. As I was watching these, you know, uh, students walk down the wrong way and then asking the person that I would feel would be in charge of it, whether or not we actually trained anybody, and they didn't know. They didn't know, right? So I'm super curious, like, what, you know, I made all these lists, right? So what, what areas of your school should we be tracking our numbers? And so I wanted to also, as you are, are you know, either, you know, putting those answers in a chat box or you're able to to un, um, unmute yourself and, you know, share, you know, Katie, if you're able to, if you're at a good spot, uh, you know, what are some of the areas that you uh, track uh, at? Um, I'm really, I'm really, really curious, uh, you know, before I start sharing mine. And I also have a document that I'm going to share with all of you. That's a whole list of, of, of ways um, that you could track at your school. So anybody want to share out there? Um, what, what that, you know, the top of page five, what are the areas that should, should, should we be tracking the numbers? So grades and attendance, that's great, Robin, I, I would agree. 
Um, so here's a list. I'm going to put it in the chat box. We worked on this list a couple of years ago. Um, it's got so many things, and maybe what I'll be able to do is maybe I'll be able to share my screen here and pull it up. Um, but yeah, so this list had, um, you know, just like Robin, you know, just shared about grades and attendance, but there was high school graduation rate, academic performance, enrollment, student suspension, at-risk learner progress, preparation for college, you know, uh, you know, chronic tardy and absenteeism, um, teacher qualifications, safe, safe school buildings, um, there's a whole list of academic performance. Then there's some uh, financial accountability indicators. And then, and then um, what else we got? We got school climate indicators about um, uh, number of students per grade, number of students enrolled for three plus years, length of enrollment, free and uh, reduced lunch applications, ELL. Um, and then, you know, uh, down to teacher and learning, you know, um, you, know how, you know, how many times we're doing observations, what are the, the feedback numbers, you know, uh, student retention, teacher retention. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about all the things that you need to be tracking to, you know, to be able to, you know, determine um, whether or not you're moving in the right direction. But it's just so clear to me that if you don't have an understanding of what your school would look like at a high performance level, it's tough to know what to track. You can easily track, you know, just the basic stuff. But, um, you know, just this the past week, I was like, okay, like how many, <laughs> like how many invoices, you know, got paid on time? Like what's, what's the time frame? So right now, like the turnaround for our school from time that an invoice comes in to a time that is actually, or, you know, mailed out is like 14 or 15 days. And I'm like, that's just way too long. That's, you know, crazy. It takes two weeks to process, you know, things like, so we need to improve this. We need to, you know, cut it out. So what else we got? Smart goals, student data goals. Yeah. So those are the end all, right? So what I want to be, you know, thinking about, so what are the activities that we need to do you know, to get there, right? So if it's trends in enrollment, you know, based upon Vanessa's um, example, and so this, you know, could be um, really, you know, any school, you know, district charter or a private, like what are we specifically looking at? So, you know, is it that the enrollment varies every year? Is the enrollment varies per uh, grade level? Is it that, is it that, you know, you know, what are the findings that, that they're, um, uh, um, you know, for example, like, more, you know, kids are applying in certain years, you know, than others. The state of North Carolina had an unbelievable, you know, data piece, something like 16,000 kindergarten kids, like, didn't show up to school, or 16,000 kids were, you know, missing or something, you know, through, like, you know, COVID. And it's like, so those are big, you know, symptoms of a larger problem. And so part of your job when you're, when you're doing those reality checks and you're getting curious, are you really starting to understand what are the indicators of success? So the other document that I'm going to put in here is um, what Katie and I worked on is this key indicators of, of you know, success. Now, this, this could work for any school, right? So it says, you know, charter school on it, but because that's who we mainly work with. So if you're a district school, you know, it's okay. If you're a private school, it's okay. These are the same, these are the same key indicators that you're going to need to be able um, to demonstrate, uh, you know, success, we believe, in, in a school. So that document is there um, for you. And this is a, a gift, uh, you know, for you. But this is, you know, these are, the, these, are the, um, these are the indicators that we use for a successful school. So here's, so here's just a couple examples. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen so you can see it. Um, if you're not able to here in the Facebook page, but number one is the first indicator is a clear and sustained mission. And, and we actually put in, you know, a bullet points. Well, what would be some of the indicators for that? Indicator two is the focusing on the quality of the work of the school. So these are um, that there's key tenets of an education plan, um, including high performance systems for uh, teaching and learning are well-defined, trained, inspected regularly. Uh, there's an identified curriculum. There's an instructional uh, design, right? So here's just a nice and easy way for you to begin um, to to really map out what your school could look like 
at a, at a performing 10, right, at all of these levels. These are 10 specific indicators uh, that go through academics, operations, governance, finance, human resource, uh, parent involvement. Um, so those are for you. And if you're on the Facebook page, I'll, I'll put the link up there um, as well. So, so those were, you know, some things I was really thinking through that are really important um, for you guys to have a, a end in mind, right? Let's call it the end in mind. And so when you have this end in mind, when you're doing your reality check walkthroughs, now you have something to really like look for, right? What we call them look for. So Vanessa or Sean, Robin, Katie, anybody wanna hop in and, and kind of talk about any of that, you know, like, like any of their, when they were talking about owning the numbers and, and what are the things we need to be looking at? Anything really, really pop out at you? And it's okay that if you don't necessarily have these, you know, indicators, you know, in place. Most most organizations don't. You probably have them. You probably just don't have them formalized, right? So this would be a really good homework for the week is, is identifying that. And I've got this, you know, quote here from the book. He says, um, and I think this was uh, Blake's assistant who said it, or the uh, consultant, if we own the numbers, we can hold each other accountable, but more importantly, we can hold ourselves accountable. If we own the numbers, we can hold each other accountable, but more importantly, we can hold ourselves accountable. So if I say that I want to, um, you know, complete 500 teacher um, check-ins, right, per year, and, a, you know, check-in could be a five-minute walkthrough to a 45-minute observation, whatever. I mean, if there's 180 days of school, that I need to average three a day. <laughs> right, and I have to have some sort of indicator, some sort of tracking mechanism that every single week I'm going through it, and I used that 500 number because someone sent me an email about it, uh, like earlier today. But Henderson Collegiate, I mean, they're a school that you know teachers get um, uh, uh, specific, strategic instructional feedback uh, twice a week. I mean, every teacher gets you know you know you know almost a touch a day. Uh, while they're doing it, right? Because to them, that's how they'll be successful. They know that providing uh, instructional feedback to um, uh, teachers is the best way to improve their school's academics. And so if you're one of our uh, podcast uh, subscribers, um, Eric Sanchez is the head of that school, and it's one of the first 10 uh, podcast we did, but he talks about that, you know, during that podcast, like how he built this model. And we're going to ask Eric to come back to a, a future training as well. So uh, Vanessa wrote here, I think it was from the podcast. Mark Miller said that this has to be an intentional decision by everyone on the team. Yeah, we talked about this on Friday in our faculty meeting. We all have to be intentional about owning the numbers. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that's a great start of the conversation. And now it's just about getting clear about what numbers are we asking to own, right? What numbers are we asking you know, to own? I'll just keep using my very easy example right now. Every Friday morning, I'm going to put a picture of, of, of you know, the scale with my feet on it, right? I'm owning that. But every day, like, I'm owning the fact, like, I didn't work out yesterday. But I did take an hour walk, right? So whether it's the same or not, you know, I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't do my gym exercises, right? So that's a, you know, I broke the chain. And so that's something I have to own and I have to make sure that, you know, this morning, as much as I didn't want to wake up and work out, I did it. Right? So later on in that next, you know, part of that book, you know, Miller starts to reference the need to work faster. I wrote myself a note here that would say, you know, kids need to learn, learn, you know, faster or, you know, teachers need to, you know, teach harder, right? Which is not, it's never the case, right? You never need to teach harder, right? You know, maybe you need to be a little bit more clear or a little bit more uh, specific, right? Um, but, you know, so here, at, you know, in the book, you, you know, no one knew what that meant, you know, work faster, work faster, right? So, so I just asked a question, where might you or a member of the team be com uh, communicating this work faster directive and how might it be, you know, misconstrued, right, uh, by your people? Like what, 
where might they not understand what that means? So I'd love to open the floor and see if anybody had any, any thoughts around here. Mine was to teach harder. <laughs> Can't you get those kids to learn faster? Learn harder? Tom, I think. Cultural. Yeah, good, Sean. Yeah, perfect. Welcome. Yeah, I, I think when, if I was to say, Teach uh, faster. They would try to go through the curriculum and get ahead of the pace and guides, and, and mm. just really just instead of uh, making sure the kids have it, it's just going through it without checking for mastery. Yes, great point, Sean. I love that. That's no, that's that's an exactly a great example of, you know, hey, I'm just trying to get through this pacing guide, or I got to be here, you know but I never actually checked like how many kids mastered every piece, right? So going back to own the numbers, what I need to know is how many kids are mastering standard by standard, right? Whether it's through a weekly formative assessment or a daily exit ticket, whatever that may be, what were the standards mastered, right? Because then about, you know, March or so is when your school starts to come back and say, okay, what, you know, standards weren't mastered which ones weren't taught yet and how do we build that last nine weeks academic calendar uh, to uh, better prepare us for the end of grade test yeah awesome good job Sean anything else that you thought about there what about you Robin we struggle with um, the adults realizing how much they impact our numbers and we tend to, I think we're getting better at it, but we tend to want to blame the kids. Um, you know, they're not submitting work or they're, um, you know, not preparing or they're, you know, instead of what did, what did you do? You know, what did, um, so we're still trying to work on that piece. Yeah, awesome. Great example. Perfect example, especially at this you know, time of year, right? So if I were to, go back right so what are all the things that we need to do to uh, limit students missing work right or not you know turning in work and and it's like well we said we're going to do x amount of phone calls you know to the families right and, and that would lead to maybe a um you know like a home visit i mean whatever your math is that's owning those numbers and then as the head of school i can say you know you're right i feel like we've done everything that we said we would do and we own that but if we only did four of the 10, then, well, there's still six more things that we can try before getting there. I think that's a really good example. Um, and I can't remember if I shared it on this call or not, but I had, you know, that exact conversation with a teacher. And I just said, well, when you called the parents, what did they say? Oh, well, well, they actually didn't answer the phone. Okay, well, when you left a message, what did you ask them to do? Why didn't leave a message? How come you didn't leave a message? I wasn't sure what number to leave. I don't want to have my private cell phone. But you have a phone in your office. So why? I was like, okay, so today you're going to call them. And if they don't answer, leave a message. <laughs> tell them to call this number, right? I mean, it was interesting uh, to me. It was like, well, we never probably had that deep of an expectation conversation as a staff. And I just assumed faulty assumption that if you call somebody, you're going to leave a message, right? Or if you, if you have a child who's missing work, you're gonna make that phone call. So just as much as the kids are in um, you know, crisis, you know, the adults are in crisis too, in terms of like having a map. Um, so that's another good own, own the numbers about you know, parent, parent communications. I'm gonna add that to my list. Tom, I think that's very interesting. I just had a situation just the same. I just did not dig as far as you did, uh, but the mm -hmm. teacher was having some problem with the student. I said, have you talked to the parents? Oh yeah, uh, what did the parents say? They'll work on it. But that was about as far as I went. Uh, as I'm listening to you, I could have took that a whole lot further uh, and, and really dug deeper to find out what was the real gist of the conversation. So thanks for that. Yeah, and it's um, this is where you just get really, really curious. I think all of this own the numbers, this you know working faster piece. How do we help other people win? Like we just get really curious and become extremely um, I'm going to say extremely ignorant and just keep asking questions in a nice, you know, I'm just trying to learn and understand way because then you can help close the gap and solve uh, the problem. And it's interesting, Sean, like you just shared, 
I believe that this, you know, or this school or this, you know, group of teachers believe that just by making an attempt to uh, communicate to the parent was just as effective as actually communicating to the parent, right? In the eyes of the culture of the school, I don't believe that they were ever held to an expectation that they'll actually talk to somebody. Or maybe they didn't know what to say, right? So with lots of times I help, you know, teachers and Todd Whitaker talks about this in his book. It could be with dealing with difficult adults. I can't remember, but like actually scripting out, helping that, you know, teacher script out. Cause I think we just assume that because you have a college degree that you also have the ability to write an effective email, right? Or to communicate or to leave a message or have a conversation with, you know, with a parent. And, you know, for my part, I've just learned that, you know, I think teachers in this time also know that they have not been doing their work to the level that they normally do. So if I call that parent and they call me out on, well, you haven't contacted me, they're probably right, you know? So now I'm going to look bad. It's just easier for me to ignore and hope that Tom totally forgets that this is what he's asked me to do. And that's my fault as a leader. I just didn't do a very good job on a week-to-week -week basis of communicating the expectations tirelessly, right? As it's you know, said, you know, what does communicating tirelessly mean? Owning the numbers, making sure that every week we had a list of here's the kids who turned in work, here's the list of kids who didn't turn in work. Well, what are we going to do for those kids who didn't turn in work? Because there's all these levels of pieces. So owning that numbers has such a, a massive impact on the success of your organization. You know, and that's the piece. So what, what cultural and execution issues might this be creating? Like I just shared it with you. I mean, culture is the lowest behavior that you'll tolerate as an organization. And it's the sum of the actions of all the people. So if the culture is that I can send an email and count that as I've tried everything I can do to communicate to a parent rather than I've exhausted other contacts, I've got three, you know, calls and left messages on XYZ days. Um, I stopped by the house and I knocked on the door, right? If I have that list, like that's a big difference. That's a big culture difference in terms of culture of, you know, behavior. And remember, your culture is the framework in which decisions are made. So if the culture is that Tom's not going to check on whether I did this or not, guess what? I ain't doing it, right? Unless I have this own high level of integrity, which would be great if our old school had that. But in this case, it didn't. So, so any other thoughts on owning the numbers? What's a good action step that we could take for owning the numbers, right? So I gave you two tools, and I'll make sure they email them back out too. So the two tools that I gave you are this list of key indicators, things that you could use for your school. And then the second one is where we organized it into, into 10, what we think are the most important, you know, components with little, you know, checkpoints, right? You could take those, you know, documents and you could start to just kind of say, well, what does this look like at my school, right? And then, and then start like your backwards, you know, um, you know design. What are the what are the action what are the um, ways that we could track um, just what we talked about right so the prevention intervention you know services what are some ways we can track it who could be in charge of you know so, you know some of those pieces so that's one action step you could take you know from this as as a team in my opinion um, the other parts would be to ask that to you know get really curious during your observations and ask a lot of questions and just ask why, you know, people are doing what they do and, and really getting to understand like the work that's happening uh, under, under your leadership. I think those would be two that I would probably take if I were ahead of school, if I didn't have those pieces in place. Any other like good action steps out there? Any thoughts? I know we're, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're working a lot on 
culture of learning, you know, and owning the numbers, but trying to be supportive, you know, and working on for the learning targets is our focus right now and making them more student, you know, student centered. And that took us a while to understand that it's not for the teacher, it's more for the student. You know, we do the objectives, we do the, you know, so um, we're still, I would say, we're still working on becoming that where we all own it, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, you know, it's been good, it's been positive. You know, it's a balance, right? You know, this year is so hard trying to balance the yeah. stress and moving forward. You know, Robin, I, you know, I love your transparency and, and your vulnerability and, and, and we've got some folks out there on uh, Facebook, uh, Stacey Wetzel's out there. So thanks, you know, Stacey for uh, listening. She had a great quote. She said, if we know what our numbers look like, we can push beyond our current capabilities. And I think that's where like you go, Rob, and I was you know, coaching a leader uh, today and um, w you know, we were talking about their, their time, right? She's like, Oh my gosh, I'm just in like, every hour I'm in a different meeting every hour over and over and over again I said well what if you what if you like I don't know who schedules your schedule but what if you just blocked out a half a day all the time right and nobody can touch that time like that's right or it's the opposite that's the time that they can you know schedule you or that's the time that they can't you know, schedule you and I said I know that's hard to even think about now but what if you said okay starting April 1st, you know, Tom Miller, you're my calendar holder. Starting April 1st, all IEP meetings will be from Thursday from 12.30 to 4.30. Just, you know, make sure I get 15 minutes of time in between each one. It's like, and that way you give them a vision of what it could be, right? And you're starting to, and then, and that way the rest of the day is yours. Like you can use those other four hours to do your work, right? Or to schedule your observations because you have to, you have to schedule your priorities and you have to prioritize your schedule. And I'm, I'm very uh, guilty of this, um, of just letting things fall on my you know, calendar and then I'm just you know, running from here to there. It's no different, right? As you're trying to create this own the numbers atmosphere, you just look, what would that look like? You know, what would we want it to look like? Let's just write it up there. And then what are the things we could do in the next 30 days to get closer. Let's try one thing, you know, and then when we get to that is, you know, 30 days, then we go, okay, what's the next thing? And you're just trying to build some momentum to get to that piece because totally like revamping your organization is way too overwhelming to even think about. It's just mind blowing hard to turn around an organization, right? Or to improve it at a high level quickly. Um, but you can do it over time. Remember, a breakthrough is good decisions over and over, just repeated through until all of a sudden it it's, you know, becomes habit. And that's this help, this help others win that he starts to talk about. And in the podcast, which was really great, you know, Mark Miller, he was, he was on a reality check, right? And he was at a Chick-fil-A and some young lady, he asked her about something and and she said, oh, it's really changed my life, this help others win piece, because he goes, well, tell me more. You know, he was getting curious. He's like, I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear what she had to say. And she said, it forces me to think about how I can help someone today, because they have an app, I guess, at the end of the day, at the end of your shift, you got to type in how you help somebody. And he, you know, and th that's being intentional. So if you set the expectation of owning the numbers, pursuing mastery, and helping others win, and communicating what this could look like, then you help, you know, people start to paint themselves into the picture of the success, right? What are, and she happened to say, like, what she said, like, I filled up someone else's drink cups when they were getting, you know, behind, or I double-checked on somebody's order, or, you know, whatever those things were, and if you listen to the podcast. But, you know, thinking about what could those things be um, for your staff, right? Or how could you track that? Like, um, like I was, you know, like, like, you know, volunteer hours, you know, how they have like the thermometers, right? Or whatever we're trying to get here. Like when you see that thing grow, like it gets exciting, right? I mean, what could you do to track help, how help, how other people are helping other people win, right? Just 
get it in front of someone. So it's because I think that visuals create momentum too sometimes and having that out there. Um, uh, when I was a middle school director, we had this standing ovations initiative. And the whole goal was just to help other, just just to do the right thing, you know, because it's the right thing to do, not because the Dr. Miller said so. And so kids could earn points for having their their shirts, you know, tucked in, you know, being prepared and having, you know, you know, like every on time uh, prepared and their shirts tucked in because these are three things that you know teachers complain about the most. So all that we did is we built a point system around it, and the point system, you know, uh, totaled up to every three weeks there was this weight, this you know. A championship belt in the grade level that had the most, you know, points after the, you know, three weeks got to keep the belt, right? And the whole goal was to have the kids in line help the other kids get their shirt tucked in and make sure, you know, that they had a pencil, right? Because we got tired of doing it, right? So I didn't, you know, realize this, but we were teaching kids how to help other kids to win, right? Because they wanted to win. And, you know, they were doing that. And then we added, like, you know, uh, picking up trash and, and like we just added things that were bothering us as a team and we were tired of doing and really, you know, putting some ownership around those aspects. So there's things that are probably happening at your school that you could point out that say, well, here's how some ways that we would help help others win. And then at the end of those, you know, three weeks, we would have these um, standing ovation um, uh, 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 like assemblies. And so kids would stand up and they would compliment each other. They would thank each other. They would, you know, send, you know, gratitude, you know, Johnny helped me, you know, carry my books or, you know, he, you know, reminded me to have my shirt. I mean, whatever it was, but we were teaching kids how to A, give eye to eye compliments. Uh, but we were also, you know, building this, this, you know, momentum of gratitude and helping each other and trying to change the culture. I'm really proud to say that I left that school almost 10 years ago and they're still doing it, which is really cool. And I'm sure they've improved upon it, but it was just a way, um, it was a way to, to, to just help others win. And I, it didn't even, you know, I don't know, so I just started to talk out loud. So you've got some things I think that you could all do and how you can track it uh, to really build that momentum. Any thoughts around that? I like it, you know, and, and I think um, making it visual and sharing it is 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 great. You know, I, um, that's one piece. Sometimes we talk a lot about it, you know, um, but we don't really make it visual. Something that they can track. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, and you know, um, little things matter, right? I mean, I think sometimes when we think about school improvement, like we're like, oh my gosh, there's going to be this massive overhaul. But remember little tiny things over and over and over and over again are what going to bring you the best results i mean bringing in like a like you know i mean i'll be very honest bringing in like a consulting team for 90 days and like you know yeah we can help you move but it doesn't matter if there's not momentum around it and i've learned that like i've you know gone back to the same schools a couple times to be like are are you sure you want to hire me back because i've been here three times and you're still in the same spot like and then I just realized it's really because of this, this, um, and I just love the way that they laid it out, you know, uh, owning, pursue mastery, own the numbers and helping others win it. You could build those three things and build that momentum forward and keep that sustained vision moving forward. You can do it. Um, uh, Stacy Wetzel said that uh, we have implemented capturing kids hearts and do a good things daily during our midday announcements. We need to celebrate our, students and their teachers. Yeah, I mean, anything that you could do to keep that going, um, I would highly, highly recommend because um, I said this back in April, the schools that focus their time and attention on relations and helping people are the ones that are gonna win through COVID. Like they will be the ones that next year when enrollment comes, don't have those issues because everybody's gonna love how they made me feel and yes, we've got some catching up academics uh, to do, there's no doubt, but it doesn't matter because if I don't feel good here, I'm not learning here anyway. So I love this, so, so okay, so we talk about helping others win, and then I wrote, how might your team or staff answer the same question? So that's a really good kind of, you know, 
you know, staff, you know, question this week, how, how do we already do this? How could we improve it? And so Alan Malawi, um, who some of you may have seen when, uh, if you came to our Live to Lead Leadership event, but Alan Malawi, um, he turned around Ford and he was the CEO of uh, Boeing. And he has this, it's called a business review plan. And it's a, a monthly, could be a weekly meeting off the top of my head. Anyway, doesn't matter. It was a meeting where all of the, all of the uh, division leaders of all of Ford would come. And you uh, basically had a dashboard and your dashboard would show green, yellow, or red. And green is everything's fine. Yellow is that we've got some problems, but we have an answer and red is we are totally screwed. We don't know what the heck we're doing, right? And so every week for like, I can't remember how many weeks in a row, and you know, Katie, on it was like nine or 10 weeks. It was over and over. Every card was green. And he said, you all do, you do know that you're like projected to lose like a, like, like a hundred, like million dollars, like this quarter, right? <laughs> but he never said anything. He never called anybody out. He never, and then all of a sudden, one guy, one week put up a yellow card, right? A yellow or a red card. And he shared, he just shared what the issue was. And another guy said, oh, we can solve that problem. We can help, blah, 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 right? And so, you know, and, you know, like Alan, after the guy held the card, he like kind of gave him a standing ovation and clap because he was the first one to step, you know, forward and say, I needed help. And so this made me think about the school that I'm currently at, you know, we had a lot of people in the wrong positions and, and they were really struggling, but maybe their ego or whatever, or their fear was like, I was too proud to ask for help. Um, and we got to stop that. Like we can't let, you know, people drown on their own. Um, and so I love what Alan did. Like he created this, this, uh, uh, you know, uh, collaboration and it took a couple of weeks after that guy's you know first yellow but he said you know after that every week there was yellows and reds and it was like the rainbow like everybody started to get into the mode and that's how they turned Ford around without you know borrowing any money during that time um, to really get them to where they are now and so like so really you know really think about like how do we how do we make sure during our reality checks and walking around the school that we're asking good questions, that we're learning the reality of the information, and we're making sure that, you know, when people say everything's going good, we have a way to show them and go, but it's not, right? I mean, this isn't where we want to be, and it, this is nothing against you as a person, right? You are not your results, but I'm here to help you. Like, we've got to do something. Uh, to help you get to where you need uh, to be. So on page 72, it was, you know, the, like the phases of this was to encourage, lead, challenge, plan, train, listen, celebrate, right? Encourage, lead, challenge, plan, train, listen, celebrate. And that was after the, the football team had to get over the big wall, right? And he asked them, what were all the steps that you took, you know, to get here? And I just, it's easily laid out, right? So, Encourage people to be at their best and, 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 and really uh, believe in them, lead them and help them, you know, get to where they need to be, you know, challenge, like don't let them fall and challenge them. Don't be a people pleaser, be a people leader, which was the message that, you know, went out this week. Make sure there's some sort of plan that you can follow because kids do what they want and adults follow a plan, right? Those are two different things. Uh, train them to make sure that they can actually do it. Uh, um, you know, listen in during your, your, your uh, reality check walkthroughs, your lead by walking around and celebrate every teeny tiny win, you know, find ways to continuously celebrate um, success. And I just, that's just an easy way. If you don't have a, a way that we're, you know, we're going to get through it, everybody. It was page, page 72, um, right at the very bottom there. So awesome. All right. Let me see if there's any notes. Everybody's good. Okay. So um, this quote at the top of the next page, if I've learned anything over the years, I am the biggest obstacle to my success, not my team, not my circumstances, not my resources, not my geography, not even my competition. And so that's a true statement. That's a fact. Uh, what Mark Miller said, I feel like he was writing it about me. I, I think he said, this Tom Miller guy, uh, this is his, this, you know, might be on his, on his epitaph. Um, if he doesn't get his act together. So I've learned anything over the years, I'm the biggest obstacle to my success, right? Leading me is a full-time job. 
So how do we overcome, right, these two things? The real competition is arrogance and complacency. And I ask, where do these two words show up in your personal and your professional life? And I wrote this school that I worked with at one point. They had um, an employee who was uh, the head of the Exceptional Children's Program. And, um, you know, a good employee uh, work-wise and, and had some kids with uh, disabilities. And so over the years there, um, you know, the kids weren't performing where they wanted to, but it wasn't really brought up, you know. Um, so they may have made, you know, comments, uh, like kind of under the cuff. And so uh, what happened was the person lost their job. And once they lost their job, all of those years of, well, it's okay, turned into, you haven't done anything for my kids. And it turns into this lawsuit that um, the school ended up paying about a quarter of a million dollars in fines and um, uh, lawsuits and uh, paying for the kids to go to private school and all of these things. And it was, it was horrendous, right? And it was all based upon lack of oversight, right? Lack of really, really checking in to the reality of, of things. But a lot of it was arrogance and uh, complacency, right? So it was about um, three months after the lawsuit, and I just happened to ask, well, what are we doing differently? Nothing. We weren't doing anything differently. The tracking system hadn't changed. The employees were different, but we still didn't have the data. We still didn't have the numbers to tell us that everything that was found wrong in the lawsuit wasn't any better, right? That's how could this be? Like, how could this honestly be, everybody? And maybe it's because the money didn't come out of the teacher's paychecks. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how, you know, how you have to do it. But I was, I was really, really frustrated with the fact that nobody had paid attention um, to that, right? That arrogance and complacency piece, right? So it was, you know, uh, so this exists in, in, a, in a lot of schools, this word uh, complacency. Um, it's, 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 you know, I mean, excuses are the quicksand of the living. I just can't handle it. And so, like, we've got to be really conscious about um, if, if, the, if the goal was 10, then show me how we're getting to 10 and not eight, because I don't care about eight. I care about 10. And so this is a really important part, personally and professionally, that, that you attack complacency. And you don't have to be mean about it. You just have to say, here's what we agree to. Here's what I see. So help me understand why we're not moving forward, right? How are we not, you know, getting there? And, you know, uh, people are going to get their feelings hurt when you ask them questions. Just, you know, do it in, a, in the right way. So, we'll, I mean, you know, we just had to pay a quarter of a million dollars and, um, you know, lawsuits and time and energy. We lost employees because of it. We lost reputation because of it. And, and yet your behavior is that you're doing exactly what you did before. So help me understand. Do you need more training? Do you need, like, tell me what you need and we'll make that happen, right? And, and um, I think for some reason we don't think that'll happen to us twice or we, we won't make those damn mistakes, but it only takes one parent one parent or one employee in your organization to completely uh, change um, just the whole uh, complexion of your school, right? I mean, if you think about a quarter of a million dollars to a charter school's reserve fund, that's massive. I mean, Sean, you probably couldn't handle that. You guys are in year two. That, that you know, might be the end for you, right? So, I mean, insurance helps, <laughs> but it doesn't pay every dollar. And uh, let me tell you, your insurance premiums skyrocket the next year when you have a quarter of a million dollar um, uh, settlement. Yeah, I'll just shut the doors and put a lock on and say for sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, you know, uh, so one of the things, I don't know if everybody here is a charter school leader or, you know, even a private school leader, but the first signs of failure are untimely and inaccurate reports. Right. So as long as we know what we should be reporting on, that's clear. 
and the and the you know report's accurate and it's on time, right? You know, you as a leader, you're trust but verifying, you know, but you know, still, um, that's that's where we find it. these you know schools that fail, the schools that fall into a decimation you know disease or these traps of complacency as a whole as an organization. That's where it starts. Is that so? Um, there's three, you know, things, if you ever watch Marcus uh, Limonis from The Prophet, uh, he always talks about people, process, and then product, right? Um, people, process, and product. So when it says, what is one action step, you know, that you can take to overcome arrogance and uh, complacency is number one, make sure you're hiring the right people, right? And taking care of your people and, and really, you know, helping, um, you know, people be the the best then uh, they can be bless you robin because because that's you know that's a you know that's an important piece and a great leader isn't someone who just leads an organization well a great leader is is you know someone who helps the people in their organization you know become better people all right so it starts with people uh, then you get this you know a, a process down right what are the steps that we're going to take you know, every time we do, you know, exceptional children's, you know, checks, right? Or every time that we, you know, have a prevention intervention system or we do exit tickets, like just really help your team lay out a systematic process um, because the product's going to take care of itself, whatever it may be. Um, and then the other piece that I wrote down here for myself was there's three questions to high employee engagement. Number one, how are you? Number two, what are you working on? And number three, how can I help? Those three questions right there are really, really important and, and, and need to be asked often. Um, so if you take that, you know, those could be your three to really helping your people piece, get your processes in place and your product is gonna honestly take care of itself. So I didn't know if anybody else had an action step that they can take to help overcome complacency and arrogance. I mean, well, you know, overcoming complacency, number one is setting high expectations and holding people to expectations, holding yourself to the highest expectations, and just communicating when you're not on that path in a nice way. Awesome, let me see. Hey, Brenda Miller, good to see you out there. All right, tell me what was interesting, Brenda. The city you wrote interesting, put it in there. It could just be interesting that you just found a Facebook Live on page. I don't know, interesting, look at this. All right, and then what do you strive to be known for? I'm really curious about this. What, what are schools, like what is your school, what, you know, what do you strive to be known for as an organization? Does anybody have any great thoughts there around that one? Uh, I, when you say what is our school wanting to be known for, number one is, I guess, first of all, that we all are family. Uh, we want to treat each other like family. Two, academic rigor, that we're going to hold our students at a higher accountability than our uh, neighboring schools, um, and just treating them fairly and no suspensions. We, we, we feel we fail a student when we suspend. Mm. Okay. All right. So does no uh, suspensions mean that you let kids, you know, get away with whatever they want? We're coming back. Good question. Sean. You got to nope. come back. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. No, sir. We have a, we use uh, yoga mindfulness um, and redirection mm -hmm. and re restorative process. So no, if we have a student that is having problems, we uh, try to do more of a wraparound. That does not mean we will not suspend a student. It just means that's not our first, second, or third go-to option. We, we, we will try to put all services in place before we suspend. And this year, we have not uh, had So, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm good. Yeah, so, so well, so it, it sounds like you're, uh, um, you know, striving for creating effective citizens, right, through high expectations and a family, at, you know, atmosphere that'll be, strong academically um you're not you know striving to not have no suspensions you're you know striving to create a culture that is a safe learning environment right uh, conducive for learning and that kids make you know good decisions right yeah that's the same thing i was really looking for yeah yeah so watch you know words matter but but that, you know you, you know that'd be good do you have all those written down sean is it you know clear like could you 
Could your yes, whole, sir. you know, staff kind of repeat that mantra? Okay, good. Yes, sir. What about what about you, Robin? Yeah. You, you looked like you were going to share. Yeah, we we're striving, um, and also we work a lot on restorative practices, and and really are trying to um, reduce our discipline numbers and and work with the kids and wrap around, just like Sean said. Um, you know, that just being we are a traditional public high school, so um, I'm not a charter mm -hmm. school. But just becoming a school where truly, you know, all of our students graduate with the skills and, and, and the um, character to be successful, whether it be college or work. I mean, that's what our yeah. um, mission is, you know. Um, yeah. And that oh, yeah. rigor piece, of, of course, you know. Yeah, and it's really it's important, you know, uh, just like Sean's, right, to identify what does that look like from all the components. And if you've ever read big picture schools or, you know, yes. listened to uh, Dennis Lipke, you know, he says, you know, my goal was that I'm going to run into my kids at a food store 30 years from now and hope that what we did served them, right, you know. And so I went to this high school called Council Rock High School, which is in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and it's a very rich, you know, um, uh, you know, suburban school. And um, I mean, we had everything, all offerings. We had shop, we had Greek, we had, we had all these languages. And I didn't do anything, Robin. I don't, I didn't know if I went to school. Right? I, I took almost no part in anything important there. And so we just had a 25 or uh, a 25th year um, uh, reunion. And there was this uh, Facebook page and it said, what are you all doing now? And unbelievable, Robin, the just the careers that you know what uh, people are having we had you know senators we had authors we had doctors we had lawyers and it made me think about Lipke and I was like I wonder if the people who created this school is this what they had in mind like is this so now when I lead you know trainings for schools I ask them I tell that story and I said well what what do you want on your what would you want on the Facebook thread 25 years from now, right? I mean, what would you want it to say about your school? So that's a, just a good, you know, piece for everybody. It's like, I don't know if that we, you know, we'll have Facebook in 25 years, but whatever the social media or the platform is 25 years from now, what do you want kids to say about your school? Now, clearly I got 700 on the SATs. I went to junior college, right? It didn't slow me down. So just through osmosis, right. because I went to a great school and had opportunity, still created this, you know, a foundation in, in me, right? I didn't take advantage of all the opportunities that we had there at this school. So I think that's what the school needs to, you know, remember, right? We're not going to reach every kid, but Darnell, we're going to try to reach every kid. Right. And we're going to have these opportunities, you know, there. When I was in middle school at Principal, I used to say, look, boys, like, uh, when, if you're on the unemployment line 10 uh, years from now, you're not going to blame me. Like, so these eight hours that you're here, like, we're working, like, we're learning. Um, you know, we're learning a skill or we're learning how to organize or we're learning how to think, whatever that is. And I think that's important that every school has that understanding of what is it that we're striving to be for our community, not just right now, but down the road. So mm -hmm. I love that. Good. And Sean, I don't know if you had something else to share. I may have cut you off. I'm sorry, my friend. I'll, I'll be quiet for 30 seconds and give you some time. Yeah, Tom, I, I just watch every day at our school. Uh, for those that are in person and virtual, they, they have three things they say. They say they're loved, they're special, and they're beautiful. And that, that's it throughout uh, the day. That's on every wall uh, in the school for our students to see. Because some of them don't, have never been told they were loved before or special. So we, we thought that was important. Yeah. What was the second one, Huge, Sean? Right. It said you're love. You're loved, you're beautiful, and you're special. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Stacey Wetzel, who's on the Facebook page, she said, building relationships and clear communication between our staff and stakeholders, of course, academic progress and meeting all students' needs are also a priority. So yeah, good, okay, perfect. Well, it's, you know, 5.30, so we're gonna kind of end there, but if, um, just, you know, think on this, you know, question, right? So, you know, this week, right? This week, my, you know, challenges uh, to you is if you're in the Facebook page every day, write how you help someone else win, right? So find a way to help, you know, someone else win. And then also really think about what needs to be true tomorrow that's not true today 
for your school to achieve that goal, right? So whatever we're striving to be. So what are some things that we need to get better at, you know, so we can really think and, you know, for me, um, you know, I said, I, you know, I love our organization. Like, I feel like we're, you know, you know, I strive for us to be known as a company that people can count on when they're in a bad spot, a, a calming voice, uh, that can uh, provide, you know, strategy or service to help them reach, you know, their goals and, and what needs, you know, uh, you know, to be true is, you know, replication of our work, right? How can, you know, people learn 24 hours a day from what, you know, we're doing because we can't physically be in every school all, 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 all the time, right? So be really thinking about who does you want to be and what needs to be true tomorrow that's not true today. Um, and be working on how how do you help other people win. So then next next week we will uh, knock out the last 25 pages of this book. Um, if you didn't sign up already uh, for our February book study, it's on um, no fail communication, and it's a book by Michael Hyatt. And because we have to communicate tirelessly, I thought that would be a nice move into this next book. Uh, so no fail communication. And you can only buy it off of his uh, website. It's not on Amazon, but he does give you a lot of really great like resources with it. And you you can instantly get it on audio or um, ebook. If for some reason you can't afford to get the book, let me know, and um, and I might be able to find a scholarship to help you out. So okay, so that's our goal for this week: is to help others win and to think about what do we have to what needs to be true tomorrow that's not true uh, today to achieve our goals. And we're finishing up our study. So thanks, everybody. Great job this week. Hope, uh, Katie, uh, please, please make sure you get home safe. And I'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. And uh, Thank you. thanks, Robin, for your participation. Thank you. And Sean and Vanessa for uh, being here live. And uh, Stacy and Brenda that are on the Facebook page. Everybody else out there. Bye-bye. Thank you.